21st, if you're excited to be alive, make some noise for Jesus, Spring Creek, Cape Coral, God Behind Bars, Dixon and Hardy. We're so honored we get a chance to hang out with you today. Uh, if we haven't met yet, my name is Kyle. Uh, I'm honored to get a chance to be able to hang out with you today. Uh, I absolutely adore your pastors, Pastor Jeremy and Jen Dewar. Come on, somebody. If you know you're blessed. Yeah. Uh, I know Pastor Jared just finished uh, with his doctoral degree, and that is no small feat. My hat's off to him. Uh, but one of the things that I know in being led well by my pastor is you're able to recognize healthy leadership up front, and you see it all throughout the team here at City First. If you know that you are blessed to be a part of this church community, can you just give God one big praise? Come on, come on, come on. So good. We're hopping into week three in our series that we've been in called Peace of Mind. Not giving someone a piece of your mind, come on, uh, but peace of mind. And today uh, I get a chance to, to lead us from the topic of, it's actually a question, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? You ought to look at somebody besides and say, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? No, wrong neighbor, look behind you, come on, tell them, what are you worried about? What are you worried about? I want to show you a quick picture of my family. I am not worried about them, but I do want to show them to you. Uh, this is my wife, Danielle. We've been married almost 12 years now. Uh, absolutely. She's an incredible professional in the marketplace and human resources. Uh, that is our first grade daughter, Savannah. She'll finish her first grade year this week. And we are so proud of her. And that's our three-year-old son, Kyrie. He is all boy, and he has the scarred elbows to prove it. Come on. Absolutely. But those are two of my favorite jobs, uh, being a husband and being a dad. I got to be honest with you, though, in this room, in City First Anywhere, all of our campuses, I, I just want you to know, I didn't really know what worry was until I became a parent. Okay, I thought I'd get a little bit louder amen on that one from the parents. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Uh, you worried, did somebody brush their teeth? Is everybody awake? Are we getting out of the house on time? Did everyone use the bathroom? Is anyone using the bathroom in their car seat right now as we speak? Did I eat today? Did they eat? Come on, what time do they have to be picked up? Come on, you, you got a lot of worries, a lot of, lot of worries. And, and the reality is the more responsibilities that get tacked on, the more worries creep up. Can I get a good all oh, yeah right there? Absolutely. But I'm thankful for Scripture because it, it, it jumps right into our lives and gives us directives on how to live the best life that God has for us. Philippians chapter 4, where we'll pick up our text today, it's found in verse uh, number 6. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then, somebody shout, then. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I don't know about you, but there, there is an eight-year-old that is trapped inside of me. And so when Scripture says, don't worry about anything, immediately my mind goes through all 27 different worries that I have on a list. Come on. I know the old song says, count your blessings and name them one by one, but I usually start with my worries. Come on. Uh, don't worry uh, about anything. Easier said than done. 
a key reason we worry is because some part of our lives is out of our control. Can I get a good amen right there? Yeah, yeah a lot of us, we, we struggle with worry because it means there's some part of our lives that is outside of our control. And I like control. Okay. All right. Y'all were talking. I'm going to go talk to them. Here we go. Uh, I, I like control. I, I, I like having the remote controls in the house. And all the men said, amen. Come on. Uh, yeah, I, I like driving. Uh, not because I like driving, but because I don't trust you to get me there. Come on. I like having control. Come on. I, I like being in control, but the longer that I live, the more that I realize that there are so many aspects of our lives that are completely outside of our control. And it causes us to what? Worry. We pace the floor at night. Some of us stay up for hours at a time. We have a running note in our iPhone of all of the worries that we are worried about. We have schedules on schedules on schedules and lists on lists on lists, all because we have so many things that we are what? And your, your, your worries, they're validated, but let's just be honest. When we live a life controlled by worry, just so we're clear, that's a choice. Being worried makes you human. Living a life led by worry, it's a choice. And you and I get a chance to lean in today to see how to navigate worry in a way, here we go, that brings God glory, honor, and praise and helps us not to lose our minds up in here, up in here. I'm from a hip-hop generation. Here we go. Philippians chapter 4, the writer here says, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Uh, I'm a pastor's kid, second generation pastor, which just simply means that I have heard more prayers than the average human being. <laughs> but something changed in my life when I began to see prayer not as a monologue or a moment for me to give God my grocery list for him to deliver by noon. But I began to see prayer as a dialogue or a conversation where I talk and then I listen. Listen, Linda, listen. Here we go. Because it's in those moments when we lean in to hear what God says, he responds through his word and by his spirit to help us to see his perspective about our present and future. It's vital that we lean in through prayer to overcome worry because we can be so enamored with what we see or with what we feel that we forget there's someone in control above it all. Let's talk about your feelings just for a moment. You and I have feelings and they're all valid because they're our feelings. But a good therapist will tell you that feelings are not facts. Mm -hmm. The fact is often different than the feeling. And when we pray, God helps us to navigate life, emotions, and outlooks through the filter that his word and his spirit bring. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. What if you started your day and set the tone of your day with a heart of thanksgiving instead of a mouthful of complaints? 
All right, all right. We're in the right place. Here we go. Yep. Tell God what you need, but thank him for what he's done because the proof that he can lies in the fact that he already has. And when we open that Bible app, not just to get the little check mark, because I like streaks too. Come on, somebody. But when we do it not just for the streak, we do it for the revelation, we'll find that the thing that we're facing has already been faced and someone has already found victory. And even if it doesn't work out the way that we hope it does, we still have faith and can believe that God is working all things together for the good to them who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you're wondering who that is, you ought to just tap yourself on the chest and say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Thank him for what he's done. Then you will experience God's peace. Notice the word here, experience, because God does not desire for you to know him with an opinion of him. He desires for you to experience him and move from experience to experience with him. God is more concerned about us getting to know him in a deep and personal way than he is about us just being able to quote scriptures about him. Hello? Because knowledge is not power. Applied knowledge is power. Come on. Yep. Uh, Tell God what you need. Thank him for what he's done. Then you'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything. This, this 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 is where things begin to differ for the believer and follower. Because the culture of the day and the culture of our day, not denigrating them or pointing at them and making fun, but just calling the spade a spade. Can I say that here? Come on. Uh, They often medicate the symptoms without addressing the root. Because it's a lot easier to point at the symptoms, how I feel, what I see, than to let God do the hard work of what I don't want to talk about at Christmas parties. Is this microphone at the right volume today? There's, there's, There's something deeper that God desires to do. And when we allow him through prayer and leaning in to give us peace, it passes all understanding. This is why for the believer and follower, it is possible to smile through tears. Yeah. This is why for the believer and follower, it is possible to have faith in a seemingly hopeless situation. This is for the, for the, why for the believer and follower, it is still possible to believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, even though everything going on around me looks like it's about to fall to the ground. I still believe that God is in control. One of the greatest examples of this for me personally has been my mom. I'm blessed with with two parents that love the Lord and serve him uh, uh, with an undying, unrelenting passion. But watching my mom bury uh, parents and siblings alike and watching my mom go through victories and valleys, one thing that I can point to is one of my favorite characteristics about her is that the disposition of her heart never changes. The joy of the Lord, she'll say, is my strength and I have peace that passes all 
understanding. And watching her navigate through these things has given me an example because we as people are moved by what we see and not just by what we're told. Don't tell me you're a believer and follower. Show me you're a believer and follower. And one of the greatest displays of that is when we go through hard times. Can I just be incredibly candid with you? Say first anywhere, God behind bars. Can I just be incredibly candid and just say that one of the greatest challenges in life is realizing that to keep peace of mind, I have got to keep Jesus at the forefront of my mind. Yeah. It's easy to get distracted and derailed when you go through tough times. Let's be honest, in life we go through more tough times than we do moments of great victory and adulation. Jesus even said it himself, in this life he was guaranteeing us you will have what? Trouble. It gets real in a heartbeat. But one of the things that I've come to understand about God and about this life is that he is constantly doing something in me because he desires to produce something through me. And sometimes the circumstances we've been dropped in, it ain't even about us. I know that's bad English, but it's good preaching. Come on. <laughs> yep. My wife and I, we walked through a season uh, where she navigated through unemployment. And, and let's just be honest, being unemployed is a lot easier when you live at your parents' house. I'm going to go talk to this side over here. Okay. All right. All right. You know, but, but the game changes a lot when there's... There's a car note, and there's, there's mortgage, and, and there's life insurance, health insurance. Come on. There, let's just get real. Groceries. You can't Uber Eats every meal. Hello. I'll never forget uh, our daughter who's finishing first grade this week. She, she looked at my wife one day, and she goes, Mommy, how are you still spending money when you're not working right now? And y'all wonder why I'm still in therapy. Come on. <laughs> After I got out of my feelings, because feelings aren't facts, I feel like God nudged me and reminded me, hey, I don't know how God talks to you. This is how he talks to me. Like he's from the south side of St. Pete. That's back in Florida. Hey, you know. hey, yes, sir. How else is she supposed to know that I'm Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, if she doesn't see me provide for you. How else are we supposed to find out that he's a healer if we didn't ever have a sickness that we needed him to help us through? How else? How, how else? How, how else are we supposed to find out that he's a deliverer? If we were never held captive by something that self-determination and self-will couldn't shake us free from. Hello? How, how, how else? Let's let the rubber meet the road. How else are we supposed to find out he's a mender of the brokenhearted if we're never crushed in spirit? How else are we supposed to find out that he brings prodigals home unless you have that one child that you'd like to lay hands on? And I don't mean in prayer. I grew up in the 90s. They still whoop kids back then. <laughs> Somebody's like, still do. <laughs> amen, amen. 
Uh-huh. How, how, how else? Scripture is very clear. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Here we go. And then when we do, we realize that the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds. Heart, the place you feel. Mind, the place you decide. Heart, the place you feel. Mind, the place you decide. Heart, the place you feel. To run our feelings through the filter of God's word often changes what choices we make on the other side. Mm -hmm. And our worries get put into their proper perspective when we align them with the facts of who God has said that he is and what God has shown he is capable of. I'm thankful for that kind of God. That kind of God that, that gets close to you. That, that kind of God that doesn't lead you from afar, but he gets up close and personal. You know, he sent his only son, Jesus, as the express image of himself, God with skin and bones on, to live out what it looks like for us to be able to put our feet in his footprints. In Mark chapter 4, an action book of the Gospels, it displays a story of when Jesus steps into a moment where worry is consuming friends of his. Mark chapter 4, it reads like this, verse 35, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, their boat, and started out leaving the crowds behind, although other boats did follow. But as soon a fierce storm came up and high waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up aggressively, shouting, Teacher! Come on, put a little chest in it there. Teacher! Don't you care that we're going to drown? And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence! Be still! Suddenly, the wind stopped and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, why are you so afraid? In other words, what are you worried about? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples, this next one brings me comfort. They were absolutely terrified. Pause. I might be a pastor, but this is my typical response to storms in my life. Somebody's like, not good, pastor. Pray for me this week, okay? <laughs> hey, we're what? Terrified. Who is this man that even the wind and the waves obey him? Jesus, after teaching about the parable of sowing seed, hops into one of his disciples' boats, and they begin to make their way across the lake. Now, please understand that the people who are guiding the boat in this moment are not people who are uh, unaware of what this lake is or the circumstances around this lake. These are professional 
fishermen. They have been on this lake their entire lives. They have gone through more things on this lake and connected to the water than most. They understand tides and times, seasons and changes. This was not their first time on this lake. But for some reason that day, a fierce storm arose. They've been through some stuff, but they had never been through this. There are a lot of times in our lives where there are a lot of worries that we have, understandable, and we've seen them before. But have you ever been through a season of life where you were not prepared for the storm that showed up? I'm from Florida. Kate Coral, you'll vibe with me on this one. Uh, uh, every year we have what's called hurricane season. And we have our hurricane preparedness guide. We go get our batteries and our bottled water. Come on, get you a little Slim Jim too. Snap into a Slim Jim. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you got you, you to gotta have, gotta have all your stuff. because You got to be prepared. Because you know it, 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 it could happen. However... There are moments in life where there are just some storms that pop up out of nowhere. I told you I'm from the hip-hop generation. Those kind of storms, I call them woo. There it is. <laughs> it's in those moments that I, like you, get thrown for a loop. Because I didn't see that doctor's report panning out that way. I didn't see that loved one leaving us so soon. I didn't see that pink slip coming across the desk. I didn't see that emotional turmoil arising that quickly and in that way. You, you fill in the blank of the different storms that you've seen that cause you an insurmountable amount of worry. Outside of the norm. Like you've been through some things, you just hadn't been through this thing. I'll be honest with you, my... My response is just like the disciples. I am flailing. I am yelling. There's water getting into my boat. We're going to die. And isn't it just like us? That instead of Jesus being the first person they go talk to, he's the last ditch effort? <laughs> hey, Jesus! We're going to drown. Don't you care? Like, we, you know, Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets. Tuesday afternoon, come on, Lord, where are you? Jaira, you are enough. Not on Wednesday. Mm-mm, not on Wednesday. Uh-uh. Where are you? I'm drowning. Are we going to die? Did you, did you bring me all the way here to leave me? Did you get in my boat just so that I can be taken over by a fierce storm? Is this the reason we're here? And after all of their worries have consumed them. You ever been there before? Are you there right now? Yeah, many of us are. There's usually at least one spot in all of our lives where worry is driving us to a place of total dependency on God. And the faster you turn it over to him, the quicker you'll regain peace of mind. Yeah. 
Peter, one of his disciples, goes on later and writes a, writes a book, and uh, a letter, and in the letter he makes this statement, cast your cares on him. Not because he cares about your cares, he cares about you. How would that change the way we approach Jesus if we stopped just trying to give him our cares and said, here I am. Handle my stuff, because here I am. The disciples present themselves to Jesus, and they're hollering at Jesus, and they're a little aggressive with the way that they're talking to Jesus, and Jesus' posture in this moment absolutely baffles me, but it gives me courage and confidence at the same time. He's asleep. Bible said he got his head on a cushion. Means he's nestled. Come on. Come on. You know what it's like to have one of them nestled naps. Come on. Little neck sweat coming down. Hello. Some of y'all about to have that this afternoon. <laughs> Receive it. <laughs> yep, yep. He's nestled. He's sleeping. He's knocked out. He wakes up, stands up, and speaks directly to the wind and the waves and tells them, stop it. That's enough. Come on, like you talk to your five-year-old. Stop it. That's enough. The disciples are baffled in this moment because they've never seen anyone like this. They've never seen anyone in the midst of a fierce storm stand up and tell it to sit down. But what the disciples forgot was the original instruction Jesus gave. Mm. Let us go to the other side. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let us go. Jesus didn't say, I'm about to go. He just said, let us go to the, to the other side. Here we go. Because what you rehearse, you remember. My basketball coach say it like this, how you practice is how you'll play. What you rehearse is what you remember. The disciples, when the storm showed up, just like me, just like you, just forgot what Jesus originally said. We are going to get to the other side, and we're going to get there what? Together. So my question then comes back to you and me. What are, Kyle, what are you worried about? The same Jesus of Mark 4 is the same Jesus of May 2023. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not afraid because he's in control. There are a ton of things I'm afraid of, but oftentimes when fear gets a hold and pushes me in the direction of worry, it's because I stopped rehearsing who I believe Jesus to be. Yeah. He's the same God of Genesis 1-1 that spoke to the waters and they divided from the land and the air. He's the same God of Exodus that spoke to the Red Sea and dry ground popped down the middle. 
He's the same Jesus that walked on water in Matthew 14. What are you saying, Kyle? There ain't no water that Jesus is afraid of, and there are no circumstances connected to water that are going to get him to be nervous. So what are you and I worried about? Oftentimes, the direction that we lean into in moments of worry will determine the victory or the worry that we continue in. But in this moment right here, that if you choose to remember verse 36 of Mark 4, in all of their worry, in all of their moments of fear, in all of their emotions that were justified, at least they still had Jesus in the boat. Come on, somebody. Now I feel like preaching. At least Jesus was still in the boat. I might be worried right now, but at least Jesus is still in the boat. I don't know how this marriage is going to work out, but at least Jesus is still in the boat. I don't know how these kids are going to get out of my house on time, but Jesus is still in the boat. I don't know how to reconcile my emotions, but Jesus is still in the boat. I don't know if I want to go back to my life group again because I get there and I got to be vulnerable and let people get to know me. I don't even know if I like people like that, but at at least Jesus is what? Still in the boat. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wonder, is there anybody that knows what it's like to have Jesus in your boat? Can you take five seconds right here and just give him a praise because he's still in your boat? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yep. All right, I got to get out of your way. It's still in the boat. Still in the boat. Wind in the waves, but he's still in the boat. Yeah, they, oh, there's a storm. It's fierce, but he's still in the boat. I feel that right there. Somebody's going to walk around your living room all week long and just go, he's still in my boat. He is still in my I don't know how to handle what I'm going through, but he's still in my boat. I don't know how to parent these kids yet, but I'm going to get into a class that's going to help me, and he's still in my boat. Come on. I don't know how to handle this ball. This boss is about to make me jump across this desk. Come on. But Jesus is what? Still in my boat. That addiction, it whispers to you in the middle of the night, but this time you can yell back. You might be trying to pull me back into it, but I'm going to holler back at you. Jesus is still in my Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Come on. Do you believe that today? Do you believe that with everything that's in you? Would you stand to your feet in this room and all over? Would you stand lifting up your hands and just declaring the name of Jesus that is higher, the name of Jesus that is stronger? Yeah. Come on. Come on, with everything in you, your name is power. Say.
that everybody has invited Jesus to be in their boat. And in a moment like this, the Holy Spirit, I believe, is speaking to your heart. That little nudge you feel, that little tug, that's, that's the Holy Spirit saying, invite me into the boat today and let me be the captain of that boat moving forward. The boat is your life. In a moment, we're gonna pray just a simple prayer of commitment. All that matters is that with the words of your mouth, you believe in your heart what you're saying and scripture declares you will be saved. City First, I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer out loud with me because it's not God's desire that anyone would feel left out. So with head bowed, with eyes closed, just say, Jesus, I need you. I've tried on my own and I've failed long enough. So today, I hand you my sin. I receive your forgiveness and the life that you bring. I make you Lord of my life and King of my heart. Today and every day to come, be the captain of my boat for your glory, your honor, and your praise. In Jesus' name, somebody shout amen. Come on, give Jesus a big, big praise.